What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Prove Me Wrong podcast. This is episode 22 of the podcast. Yay, yay. Uh, probably been about 10 days or so since I've done a podcast. So for those of you avid listeners, I apologize. Is it One Republic? Is it too late to apologize? But I, I, I apologize. It, it should have been done. Um, I've had some shit going on. We'll get into all of that. Um, as of tomorrow, I'm recording this on Friday at 3.24 in the afternoon. So as of tomorrow morning, Saturday, I'm officially going to be an orphan to California. Yep, that's right. Said goodbye to the folks yesterday, went out to dinner with them, and they had their house packed up this week, and they will be moving to Texas in the morning. So no tears this time, everybody. It's going to be okay. Don't change it to another podcast we're going to be okay. But they're moving out tomorrow, so I don't I don't know if they ever listen to this podcast or not. But folks, if you listen, uh, good luck. Hope you like it. Now I'm a 32-year-old orphan in uh, California. It's one thing to be alone in like another state. Like when I've lived in Florida or Kentucky or any of these other spots, you're just used to not having family around you. It'll be a little bit different because family's always lived in California. So now that I'm going to be the only Gregory left standing, that'll be a little strange. But hey, that's what life's about. It's about making some changes and moving on. So to Texas they go, to California I stay. Um, got a couple things we're going to get into in a little bit. Um, everybody's tired of the shooter, right? I know it's polarizing and there's so many different ways to take it. So um, I'm going to just gloss over it for a little bit. We're not going to delve too much into it. Because why? Because I've told you before, I don't have the answers. I don't know the answers to any of these questions people are asking. So I just sit back, try and read some of the information, stay off Facebook, and listen to intelligent people uh, talk about it. Because I don't know what the fucking solution is. I don't even know what the problem is. I think there's a lot of things. But I do know what the problem is with the new Snapchat update. For all you people that are on Snapchat and you've updated that app, how much do you hate it? Do you hate it as much as me? I complain about it, but I'm too big of a bitch to just delete it and get rid of it. So I still keep it. And I've just become the person that complains about an app when all I have to do is just delete it. And then it'll no longer be a problem. But I haven't done that yet. But for those of you that have, do you hate it as much as me? Also, I get I'm probably too old to even be on Snapchat. I kind of had that revelation the other day, even with Facebook, because I don't know. I got on Facebook when I was probably 21 and I know back then it was still the college email thing. So not everybody was on Facebook yet. It wasn't your mother's and your grandmother's and all that shit. Uh, so it's changed over the years, obviously. But I know if I would have seen a 32 year old person on social media, I'm like, this is not for you. You're too old for this. All these people with your marriages and your kids, you're not supposed to be on social media, but the world's evolved and I'm still there. So I probably should have given up Snapchat anyways, but I'm still on there because, hey, secret time. Sometimes girls send their boobies in Snapchat and they don't do that on Instagram yet. So not that I, that ever happens to me or anything, but sometimes girls send boobies in Snapchat and they don't do it on Instagram yet. So I've just elected to kind of keep Snapchat for a little bit just in case a girl decides to send boobies 
they do it in Snapchat. But yesterday, I don't know if it is it a Jenner. I guess it's a Jenner, but one of the Kardashians, she had tweeted out about how bad the update is, and they lost $1.7 billion. That's with a B in their stock value just by her one tweet. But everybody's been complaining about it. You see it on Twitter. Friends have been texting me. I have some friends that are Blaine that are reluctant to even update yet, but it's like you're just delaying the inevitable at some point. You're going to have to evolve with the new app that they have or delete it, which I should do because I'm 32 and I shouldn't be on Snapchat. So I should delete the app. But nope, I'm just going to keep it and continue to complain about it. And their CEO is even like doubled down on it. Evan Spiegel, I believe is his name. And he's essentially said, oh, you guys will get used to it. So we're not going to change, adapt or die. And these things tend to happen. I mean, we've seen the changes that Facebook's gone through. We've seen the changes that Instagram's gone through. If you're on Twitter, it's now 280 characters, which was 140 for the entire being of Twitter up until a few months ago. And we usually kind of roll with the punches. But the new layout on Snapchat's so awful. Like, I know everybody hates the timeline on Instagram, or I know I certainly do. And like sometimes there's even bugs. Like I was getting shown pictures from like four days ago. I'm like, what? First of all, I've already seen this, so it shouldn't be shown to me again. And why do I care if this is four days ago? I can just keep flicking my thumb as many times as I want to get to the bottom of the feed if I really miss something from four days ago. We've talked about it before, but I would just like to be able to toggle back and forth on Facebook, on Instagram, where it's now in chronological order, where I can just see the pictures as they come in. Because I think some of this shit gets lost in the shuffle. And I also heard, I don't know if this justice for like, influencers and special people like the the bigger accounts on facebook that they will purposely if you're not like using instagram enough and posting pictures they will uh, sorry i kind of lost my train of thought there what would they do is they have it built into the system where then your pictures don't show up as enough because they know it's just a little dopamine drip uh, for us and we're just like little lab rats and we're all doing instagram for the likes what do you think i do instagram for is for the likes so if you don't post enough they'll kind of like shadow ban your account so then you won't get as many people seeing your posts you won't get as many likes so then it'll encourage you to post more there's a lot of things going behind the scenes but you say grayson no corporation would do that uh-huh they can they do and they will it's even worse on twitter youtube's also going through this weird thing right now where they totally switched everything up they have monetization on videos and now they've changed it where like a guy like me i don't have a thousand subscribers yet so now i can't make money on youtube where it used to be for anybody or let's say you get like one video go viral and it gets millions of hits you could at least make money on that without having all these subscribers but they've totally changed that uh they're demonetizing videos left and right for what I'm they say it's uh videos that go against their terms and conditions, which it's not really the case sometimes because they're the judge, jury, and executioner. But they'll demonetize videos or take videos off for what I call or what George Orwell called, I think it was a uh think speech, maybe, and that's essentially what it is. So anything that doesn't jive with what they think and obviously super liberal thinking then they'll ban videos or block them and people are getting strikes on their account. So at some point, there's going to be a new YouTube that's going to arise. It's tough because they're the the big the big man on the block, the big company, and they have all this fucking content. So it'd be hard to switch everybody over to a new service. But the way they keep fucking with people, it's just a matter of time before a new YouTube pops up. So if you see that in the next couple of years, you're going to say, damn, 
Grayson was on to something. He saw that coming. It's bound to happen. Now, I'm about to say something super controversial to some of you people, and we're not even getting into the gun debate yet. So if you've gone to your local grocery store recently, you know, gone to your local Albertsons, maybe your Vons, and you see those people standing out there, and what are they selling? Your cookies. And who are they? The Girl Scouts. And here's where it's about to get super offensive. Fuck the Girl Scouts. Yeah, I said it. Fuck the Girl Scouts. And fuck their stupid, shitty, goddamn cookies. And fuck them for blocking a grocery store like they're a vagabond bag- begging me for money. If I wanted cookies, I was just in the grocery store, I would have bought cookies. And it's not like there's some magical cookie. I don't understand where everybody's like, all oh, these Girl Scout cookies are so good. Fuck you. They're famous Amos, but they get served by the Girl Scouts, so they're better? No. I mean, they are to cookies what state like what Outback Steakhouse is to steaks. It's shit. It's a disservice. Go to your local store and pick up some cookies. Hell, even Albertsons has its own bakery where they bake fresh cookies. I'm so tired of everybody trying to pretend like Girl Scout cookies are the second coming of Christ. They're awful. Now I get if you don't have any other choice of cookies, sure, go for the Girl Scout cookies. But if you have all the choices in the world, is that what you're going to choose? Look, I get Domino's pizza sometimes, but if it's between Domino's and Stadium, I would prefer the Stadium pizza. But, you know, Domino's lets me order on an app and it has a little timer and tells me when it's coming. So when I'm stoned on a couch, I like Domino's pizza. But... I would never dare say that it's better than stadium pizza. And when did it become acceptable for them to just post up outside of grocery stores? Why do the grocery stores allow this to happen? (sighs) This is the truth. When I see them, there's literally times where I'll go, I'll see them parked outside and go, fuck it. I'm going to go somewhere else. I don't really need whatever groceries I need right then and there. Because I don't really like having to lie to kids and say, nah, fuck your cookies. Because that's what I want to say. So I feel like anything else is a disservice. And I really just want to punch the parents that are sitting there in their face. Go out and work for those cookies. Go knock door to door like you're a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon. You don't get to just sit outside the grocery store and try and pawn your cookies off on us. What you should do is what most parents did, even our age. They just bought all the... Remember like we had to sell those shitty candy bars? Most of our parents just bought the candy bars. So then we didn't have to go out and pester anybody else. That That's being a good parent. That's what you should do. And now we have this thing called the internet. So they can literally sell the cookies at any time they want. We could just go online, be able to pick us up. I don't even know. I don't even know what a Girl Scout cookie would be. I was going to make one up. So you could do that. You don't need to sit there and pester us outside of the grocery store. It's one thing if you're going to earn it, if you're going to work for it. Like if I'm out in the streets and you happen to catch me, you're walking by, or if I, you happen to knock on my door and I'm an idiot and don't check my peephole and I open the door, you got me. Okay, I'll go for it. But otherwise, you're like the cop I complain about that hides behind a bush, trying to get people running a red light. That's not what you're supposed to do supposed to do you catch me speeding out on the freeway and you're driving or i drive by you fair game pull me over but if you're the one just hiding like on the sidewalk like the one i have over here or the ones that park illegally on winchester and try and get people running a red light that's not the way this is supposed to work same thing for the girl scouts 
You shouldn't be able to just sit outside like a panhandler. Go and work for your cookies or let's just put it all online and end this misery. And now you see them like writing on their cars, honk for cookies, follow me to Girl Scout cookies. Fuck you go out and work for it. I mean, I even have Jehovah's Witnesses that I go to this little park over here called Harveston Park. I'm gonna go ride my bike around or go running. They're really nice. They just sit on the bench. They have a little thing of pamphlets and says, hey, if you'd like to talk about, I guess Jehovah, right? Is that, is that who they're, Jesus is in their homeboy, it's Jehovah. And they don't bother anybody. They nod as you go by. I would like the Girl Scouts to just go do that. But don't commandeer my grocery store. Don't block the entrances and hold me hostage. Don't be like a homeless beggar outside. Go and work for your Girl Scout cookies. That's horseshit. Come on. And it's even worse. Have you guys seen the Boy Scouts try and do it? They try to sit out there and sell you popcorn. Popcorn? I mean, I get the cookies things. People like cookies. I, I understand it. But popcorn? How many different flavors of popcorn can there really be? How many times can I say popcorn like this? Sorry. But I've seen them out there as well. I just think the grocery stores need to take a stand and not allow for this to happen anymore. So that's enough about the Girl Scouts there for a second. I'm going to switch gears to, um, sorry, we got to talk about them again, but... This might or might not be something you've heard about. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to do it, but we're going to have to talk about Donald Trump just briefly. Just briefly. Because I found out some new news about Donald Trump. Now, I know being a Republican part of, if you're going to be on Team Republican, you have to be, um, you have to fear God. You have to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Gotta be a Christian. Sometimes they allow Catholics almost let Mitt Romney being a Mormon, but usually you gotta be a Christian or a Catholic. And one thing that I've always thought about Donald Trump is that he's none of those. I mean, duh, right? But when you think Donald Trump, you think gold, you think little hands, you think wigs think about orange chicken but one of the things you don't think about when you think about Donald Trump or I don't is about him being a good Christian man I mean how can you read his Twitter feed and ever think that's a follower of Jesus Christ right there maybe you do maybe you have a little bit of cognitive dissonance maybe you uh, just kind of are able to put things in certain compartments and like close the door on it just like nothing to see there but there's a new book that just came out, and it's called The Faith of Donald J. Trump. I'm going to read to you the About the Book section, and we'll go from there. So give me one brief moment. It says, based on extensive inside sources, including exclusive interviews with the president and vice president, The Faith of Donald J. Trump explores his rarely discussed but deeply important religious beliefs and relationships with leading evangelicals. The chief political correspondent for the Christian Broadcasting Network and the Jesus in the Public Square columnist, I guess that's a column for the Washington Times, explore the rarely discussed but deeply important religious beliefs. Donald J. Trump was raised as a Presbyterian and has praised both Christianity and the primacy of the Bible. 
In the Oval Office, he has surrounded himself with close advisors who share his deep faith. In his deeply reported book, David Brody and Scott Lamb uh, draw on unparalleled access to the White House to explain President Trump's connection to the Christian faith, the evangelical right, the prosperity gospel, more on that in a second, and the pressing moral and ethical issues of our day. In part, the authors, President Trump, won over evangelicals, not by pandering to them, but by supporting them and all their most important issues without pretending to be something he's not. Hmm. Though the 45th president is far from the perfect vessel, he has been married three times, that's what it literally says, his supporters argue that Donald Trump may be just what American needs. This book reveals how he has surrounded himself with believers who think he is the one guiding figure who can return us to the traditional values of hard work, discipline, duty, respect, and faith that have, been, that have long been the foundation of American life and truly make America great again in all ways. What? What? Donald Trump, a Christian? What? And I was reading reviews on it, and these people were just going, oh, it's it's so good that the Donald has found Jesus. They think that maybe he wasn't a Christian before, but now all these demons are being cast down on him, and Donald Trump has found Jesus. Where did he find him? Going down on Stormy Daniels? Was he just, you know, kind of dithering with Stormy Daniels and find Jesus in there? Was it one of his three ex-wives? Was it any of the girls he's had affairs with? Donald Trump, a religious man? Now, I'm not condemning the religion itself right now. I'm just saying, if you think Donald Trump's religious, you should meet my Nigerian cousin, who's a prince that just needs a little bit of your time. Send me your email address, and I'll send it right over to him. We've talked about him. i got to come up with a name with this, this cousin and uncle and this family I have in Nigeria, because if you buy this load of horseshit, let me send you to them, and you'll get a little bit of money. Donald Trump religious what and I even saw him giving a speech a couple weeks ago and he was talking about God and he was talking about how he's against abortions if you're a Donald Trump supporter or not I really don't give a shit do you guys all really think Donald Trump has never paid for an abortion you really think any of his side hoes, he's never gotten knocked up? Does Donald Trump seem like the type of guy that would use protection? No. The only person I can imagine like that same level of esteem is Donald Trump that probably has paid for more abortions than the Donald would be Bill Clinton. I mean, that guy didn't find a He's never found a hole that he doesn't like to put his dick inside of. I can't imagine how many abortions he's paid for. And Donald Trump, we're going to say he's religious and that he's against abortion. If, if there is any good journalist out there can you please dig can you can you please look in, and even be better if it was like from a planned parenthood because he's been so anti them and hey I, I i get abortions one of those um hot button issues but would you really put it past donald trump ever paying for an abortion i'm not willing to do that and when i was reading in the description there was a phrase and i told you we'd come back um to it here in a second and it's about the prosperity gospel. Do you guys know what the prosperity gospel is? I did not know 
what it was so i had to pull it up real quick and of course now i've deleted that sheet so um oh uh, yeah just give me one second okay here it is so the prosperity gospel this is from wikipedia is a religious belief among some Christians who hold that financial blessing and physical well-being are always the will of God for them, and that faith, positive speech, and donations hmm, to religious causes will increase one's material wealth. Hmm. Prosperity theology views, uh, or sorry, prosperity theology views the Bible as a contract between God and humans. If humans have faith in God, he will deliver security and prosperity. Now, the Wikipedia page had a couple of these prosperity preachers listed. You know these names. One's Joel Osteen. He got into it when he wasn't going to open his church during, I believe, Hurricane Harvey and then ended up having a cave. And, I mean, he must be doing a lot of praying because Joel Osteen's worth $40 million. Hmm. I'd be preaching that prosperity gospel, too, if I was worth $40 million. And that doesn't even hold a candle to this guy by the name of Kenneth Copeland. And... The great thing about Kenneth Copeland is his wife, Gloria Copeland, is Trump's evangelical advisor. Uh Uh-huh. Did you know that was a real thing? His wife is the evangelical advisor to Donald Trump. And would you like to know how much the Copelands are worth? Seven hundred and sixty million dollars. They're prosperous as fuck. Man, their prayers must be so good. Now, I'm not talking shit on prayer, people. So if you're a religious person, it's not what I'm doing right now. But I am talking shit on any of these people that have that much wealth and try to still claim that they're Christian. Because I've read the Bible. I've seen what Jesus spoke about, and I don't think them hoarding wealth and taking money from people, asking them for 10% of their earnings, does anything for these people. It's fantastic. All you have to do is go to kennethcopelandministries.org, it's just KCM, and they have how you can watch them, about them, and then there's a big giant orange button that says give. Give them their money. You give them your tithes and offerings. And Jesus and God will give you that money back tenfold. I mean, it worked for them, right? Their donations even start at $25. Now, you might say, Grayson, oh, Mike just fell. Hold on. Grayson, why are you picking on these nice people? I'm going to play you two pieces of audio. And then I'll let you be the judge. One, I'd posted on my Facebook page a couple weeks ago, and it's from this man's wife, um, Gloria. And let's, here's kind of why I'm going into it because Kenneth Copeland Ministries operates on a 1,500 acre campus near Fort Worth, which is Dallas area, people, big time area. It's a church a private airstrip because they owned so many private jets it's easier for them to just have their own airstrip and it's cheaper for them to hold them there than at an actual airport uh the hangar cost them 17 and a half billion dollars and they live 
in a $6 million church-owned Lakeland mansion. Isn't that convenient? Man, they're prosperous as fuck. $6 million church-owned lakefront. So that means they didn't even pay for it because since they're a, a church, they get to just write that off because the pastor needs a $6 million home to live in. And recently, as recent as just last month, they bought themselves a new Gulfstream because they couldn't, I mean, the other, the other private jets were just getting rickety and the Lord needed them to have a nice plane. So they bought, um, it's a Gulfstream 5, from filmmaker Tyler Perry in cash that's rumored to be between six and a half and twelve million dollars depending on the plane and they also said that they're now going to be pumping in two and a half million dollars to upgrades because Jesus wants them to have a plane you think I'm joking you think I'm crazy he says it himself and I have the audio but back to his wife again for a quick second now remember Trump's evangelical advisor. Two weeks ago, she was talking about the flu, and we, I think we all know how bad and devastating the flu's been. I mean, people have been dying. And here was her solution to what to do if you get the flu or if you have the flu. Listen, partners, we don't have a flu season. We've got a duck season, a deer season, but we don't have a flu season. And don't receive it when somebody threatens you with everybody's getting the flu. We've already had our shot. He bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. That's what we stand on. And by his stripes, we were healed. If you've already got the flu, I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for every person that has symptoms of flu. I'm asking you, Lord, by your supernatural power, to heal them now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Flu, I bind you off of the people in the name of Jesus. Jesus himself gave us the flu shot. He redeemed us from the curse of flu. And we receive it and we take it and we are healed by his stripes. Amen. You know, the Bible says he himself bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. And by his stripes, we were healed. When we were healed, we are healed. So get on the word, stay on the word. And if, if you say, well, I don't have any symptoms of the flu. Well, great. That's the way it's supposed to be. Just keep saying that I'll never have the flu. I'll never have the flu. Put words, inoculate yourself with the word of God. They're worth $760 million and they're peddling shit like that. Please, if you get the flu, I, I'm no doctor, but take my advice. Go to the doctor. Take medicine. Don't let this woman pray over you and Facebook and now, hey, no more flu. But also, while you're at it, if you really want to have a healthy spring, send them some money, too. And if you're just listening to this audio, um, she's on a set that's like built like a house. So remember from a couple weeks back when we were talking about the ASPCA and how if you donated money, then they'd send you all this shit. But I'm like, well, they're paying for the commercials. They're paying for the T-shirts. They're paying for the pamphlets. So how much of this money is going to the dogs? So just take it on. They have all of these sets built. 
Like, couldn't you just do this in your, your, your normal house? But you're going to have all these sets built, so you're spending all this money. So how much of that money are you donating that you think's going to Jesus? But it's really just going to these new sets and their private jets and their private hangar. And it, it gets nuttier when you hear her husband try and describe and try to, to sell you on the fact of why they need private planes. Here you go. This, this is so important. And those of you that are, that are just now coming into these things, um, in, in the first place, Jesse and, 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 and I and, and others, Keith Moore and Creflo and all of us, they, the world is in such a shape, we can't get there without this. That's right. We've got to have this. We would have, the mess that the airlines are in today, I would have to stop. I'm being very conservative at least 75 to 80, more like 90% of what we're doing, because you can't get there and from here. It's impossible. So we, we ha and, and this was such a good illustration, I just, mm -hmm. the, the Lord impressed me. That's why we're on that airplane. We can talk to oh, God. Glory we to can, God. We, it's, we, it, it's, when I was flying for Oral Roberts, the uh, brother Deweese, my, my mm -hmm. boss on the airplane, he said, now Kenneth, this is sanctuary. It protects the anointing on, on uh, uh, Brother Roberts. Roberts. And he said, you keep your mouth shut. Don't talk to him unless he talks. Because when he's on a meeting, he doesn't talk to anybody but God. Now, Oral used to fly airlines. Right. But it, even back mm -hmm. there then, man, mm -hmm. it, it got to the place where it was agitating his spirit, sure. people coming up to him. He right. had become famous and they wanted him to pray for him and right. all that. You, you can't. You, you can't manage that today. Right. The, this dope-filled world. Right. And get in an air, get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Right. That's exactly the. And it, it's deadly. And and it works on your heart. It really does. So I, anyway, I, I wanted to make that clear. So the devil. There's only 30 seconds left. Say, See that them preachers spending uh, all that money just just fat cats riding around. No, we're not. We're in business. To do. Listen, I could scratch my flying itch with. My little single engine, open cockpit airplane. Right. I just come home, fly around in that, and scratch my flying. It's, that doesn't have nothing to do with that. But right. we're, in, we're, in, we're in soul business here. Right. We, we got a dying world around us. Just, we got a dying nation around us. That's right. And we can't even get there on the airline. And you, ca you can't. You can't even get there on the airline. He says he can't get to any of these places because it's almost impossible. I told you where his church is and where his home is. It's in Fort Worth. There's an airport right there called DFW, Dallas Fort Worth Airport. There's also another one 20 minutes down the road called Love Field, but they can't get there if they don't have their private jets. And you also heard him say, because there's demons on the other airplanes. There's demons. And my favorite part is when he's talking about flying with Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts was also an evangelical pastor like him. He said people were coming up to him and asking him to pray for him, and he just doesn't have time for that. So he has to fly private to all of these places. What would Jesus do? I'm not banging on all religion. I'm banging on asshole people like him. You know, like when there's an ever a terrorist attack and you'll see it on Fox or you'll see it on spots and they'll go, where's all the moderate Muslims condemning this? Well, sometimes there should be more. 
Sometimes there's people out there, but I'll tell you what, if there's not moderate Muslims out there condemning those things, it makes them all look bad. So I'm going to ask you the same question right now. If you do identify as yourself as a Christian, where are you out condemning hope prayers like this? Send them money. They need to be flying on private jets. They have $760 million in net worth. The other guy with them, Jesse Duplantis, I think is his name. He's another evangelical pastor. Looked him up. His net worth's at $40 million. Mean if you believe even in these people, I think they're doing your religion a disservice and you're doing yourself in your religion a disservice if you don't call out fucking hacks like this. If you believe in that, I have a Nigerian cousin. Send me your account numbers and I can get you guys linked up. He just needs a little bit of help. They're what they what I've heard before called, I think Michael Shermer calls them woo-woo peddlers. Not saying that religion doesn't do good things. I'm not saying all pastors are this chaotic. But if you see that and you don't think those people are fucking crazy, then that says a little bit too much about you. I'd like to see some of the people that call themselves Christians, and it's not like they have to go out there all the time, but when you see this thing, everybody needs to laugh at it. Because if you believe in that, you're the same as the Jonestown people. You're in a cult and you don't realize it. Now, maybe they're not going to make you drink Kool-Aid, but they're wanting you to send them all their money. Be weary of anybody that wants to take your money like that. Like, imagine, like, I like doing float tanks. Imagine if he was asking Matt over the float X, was asking me for 10% of each of my paychecks to be able to do it because that's what ties and offering asks for. 10% of your wealth. Or if there was, like, a meditation center and they were asking for 10%, sure, charge for a class. I'm okay with that. If churches want to charge you five bucks to get in, whatever. That would be better than trying to ask people for 10% of their worth when they're flying privately, living in mansions, and taking in all this money. I don't know if that's what Jesus would have done. I think he probably would have told them, you don't need any of this. Sell it all off. Preach from a haystack, and you're going to be okay. But hey. There's demons on the airplane. You got to watch out for those demons. But it's going to be a recurring theme here for the second half of the show. Not not the religion aspect, but kind of like where whenever there's people like that, I'm saying like, where are all the same Christians and calling these people out for being woo-woo peddlers? I want to see more of that. It's like the same thing I talk about with cops when... You, you find out a cop had done something on a camera, like where are all the other cops? They should be just as morally outraged as everybody, but it all falls on deaf ears. And when you do that, then I can't trust you because I can't take anything you're saying seriously. And this woman, I mean, her, his wife, she's talking about um, how she's going to pray away the flu from you. And hey, I believe in the power of positive thinking. I do my own version of praying, so I'm not shitting on that. And we've discussed this next phrase many a times with the shootings and all this shit, but the thoughts and prayer stuff, like if this woman really believes this, I want her to go full bore. I mean, she's saying that all these things can just be cured from the power of prayer and by reading, really. So how about this, Gloria Copeland? Go skydiving, don't wear a parachute, and just think and pray. Tell me how it works out for you. When your daughter wants to go and have a kid, don't let her have intercourse with her husband. 
just think and pray about it and tell me when that baby comes. I'm not wishing cancer on her, but if she gets sick, just like she's talking about with the flu, definitely don't seek media attention or uh, medical attention. Just think and pray about it and report back to me and let me know how that works. If these people are going to preach on this and get, raise all this much money, wouldn't you like to see it actually work in action? I mean, would you take a fat person's advice on how to get healthy? No. You'd take a fat person who has gotten healthy. You'd take that person's advice because you can see it actually work. But she's sitting out here peddling that... She can just <laughs> pray the flu away and everything is going to be okay. Trust me. Please, people, if you're getting sick or if your kids get sick, take them to the hospital. I'm not saying you can't still pray for them when you get there or whatever, but this woman's so confident, I would like to see her act out some of this bullshit. And we mentioned, or we mentioned, I mentioned, about cops wanting, I want to see cops stand up when bad cops do something. Um, there's going to be a perfect case that's about to play out where they have plenty of time to do that. Now, we'll go over this briefly and then we'll move on. Um, I just I wanted to talk about the school shooting thing just for a little bit because it's been such a, I mean, it's always polarizing. Um, these things, you see people go back and forth on Facebook. Obviously, Nothing gets solved. Nobody changes their mind. And I promise you there are good conversations happening out in the world. But first off, if you're one of my crazy liberal friends and you think Donald Trump is an actual dictator or an actual Nazi and you're for them taking guns away from people, you don't know your history. That's like step one of a dictator is to de-arm a population. So if you want to call Trump a dictator or a Nazi or whatever you want to call him, then you should probably be for an armed nation. So that way you could defend yourself because that's good. It's one of the things dictators do. It's like a dictate thing of dictators. They like to take away the guns. So if you're going to be calling him a dictator, you probably want an armed nation. Now, I've mentioned numerous times, I'm not an expert on these things. I don't have the solution. Half the time, I don't even know if we know what the problem is to these things, but it happens in America more than anywhere else. But there's been some new information that's come out today and over the last 48 hours, really, and some of it from even just past last week. But they're saying the government needs to do more work. Well, police were called 39 times. Say that again. The police were called 39 times. They knew about the dude. Did nothing. The FBI was warned twice. Warned twice. Guy was commenting on things on his YouTube on YouTube with his real name. They knew. They did nothing. So if your solution to all of this is that the government's going to fix it, um, I don't have that kind of blind faith in any government. Now, it also has come out that the SRO, or the school resource officer, there was one on campus. Found out yesterday, the guy didn't do shit. When the guns, when, when he started shooting people, the officer that was already on campus... 
like most schools have, he didn't do a fucking thing, didn't engage. And as of just an hour ago, it gets even worse than that. If you watch the CNN town hall meeting the other day, uh, they had the Broward County Sheriff on there and he everyone was praising him because he was going after the guns and the NRA, everything, but it's really, he's just a smug motherfucker. And here's why I'm going to read from a thing that just came out in CNN just an hour ago. When Coral Springs police officers arrived at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas high school in Parkland, Florida on February 14th, in the midst of the school shooting crisis, uh, many officers were surprised to find not only that Broward County Sheriff's deputy, Scott Peterson, he was the armed school resource officer we were just talking about. He had not entered the building, but that three other Broward County Sheriff's deputies were also outside the school and had not entered. Coral Springs sources uh, told seeing all this, uh, the deputies had their pistols drawn and were hiding behind their vehicles. Um, and not one of them had gone into the school. So there were four armed officers outside that school. None of them did anything, according to CNN. They instead waited for the Coral Springs officers to police to show up, and then they all went inside. So they weren't holding for these police officers. None of them were doing a goddamn thing. And there's even an internal email that was blasted from the um the police commissioner of the Coral Springs and that talks about this too and about how Broward County, they'd all taken the the publicity of this as, oh, look at us. We were able to get in there and apprehend the shooter. They were sitting outside, not doing a fucking thing. This is one of those cases where the cops, they were called 29 times and this guy was still able to do shit. The FBI knew about this and he was still able to do shit. There was a cop on campus and he didn't do a fucking thing. When the cops did show up, they hid behind their doors with their guns drawn, not doing a fucking thing. So it took another police force to show up that wasn't filled with cowards to actually go do fucking something. So I don't know what any of the answers are anymore. Trump talks about arming teachers. Uh, that's a that's one solution, I guess. I don't know the answers to any of this, but there needs to be discussion. And there's a Baltimore police officer that was a whistleblower that came semi-famous about three years ago that just one day he started just tweeting out all the grievances that had happened uh, while he was on the Baltimore police force. And now we know how corrupt they are, especially if you've been following the news there the last couple of weeks. That's another story for another time. But um, so from there, he's now been on a bunch of different podcasts. His name is Michael A. Wood Jr. But one of the things I heard him talk about on a podcast one time, and it might have even been a gun issue, but he was talking about catching criminals. And he goes, if you catch someone after they've broken into a store, like we've already failed. You, you need to put in deterrences before that ever happens. We need to start it at the source and not at the end when the bad things already happen. So when they're talking about these school shootings and arming teachers with guns or having military members on campus, like if it comes to that, then we've already failed in the prior part of it. We got to stop this part from happening before they get there. Why it happens in this country and nowhere else, I don't know. Is it pharmaceuticals? Certainly seems to be in 100% of them. <laughs> sure, maybe it's 90% to be accurate, but I think everyone from Columbine on, they have found SSRIs or these psych meds in every one of these guys. 
So why does it happen? Is it the medication? We need to look into it. Because I tell you this much, if it was black dudes all shooting up the school and they all had pot in their system at the time of it, you know what would happen. Things would be a changing. But it's been all white people and they've all been on pharmaceuticals and it never really gets addressed. I think like you can't go to CNN or Fox or any of those to get a real honest discussion on this because we've talked about it before. It's seven minute sound bites and all it really is is a paid infomercial to just get in ad revenue. They're not they're not even in the business of getting to solving problems, to getting down to the solution. I think CNN, I didn't watch it in full disclosure. I followed Jake Tapper on uh, Twitter, so I kind of get his takes that way, but I didn't want to sit through the town hall meeting, but I heard it was decent i heard they went crazy on the nra i heard that sheriff was now which looks like a fucking lying smug prick because he knew all this going into it and tried to make other people a scapegoat but those are the types of conversations that needs to be had platforms like podcasts are a great place for these conversations to be had because the answer is not ban all drugs or ban all drugs uh ban all guns the solution's not less regulation clearly they there has to be something in the middle and i'm not willing to just throw my hands in the air and say there's nothing we can do here there's a reason it keeps happening in this country and nowhere else and i don't know what that cause is but i would start with the pharmaceuticals and i would start with more regulation on the guns and make it harder for people to get and i understand that's a slippery slope because now i saw Oh, what state was it? It was somewhere earlier where they were going to anyone that's charged with domestic dispute um, or like domestic violence, then they're going to lose their gun privileges. And like, shit, if that's the case, you're going to have to really make sure that something really happened there or people are just going to be able to use that to take guns away from people. And I'm not I am pro more regulation. I've joked about it kind of on Instagram yesterday. But with so many of these fucking discussions, can people just learn how to use the word and and shit's not either or? I call it the either or comparison. So many of these things need ands. Like, I'm pro-Second Amendment and I'm for way more regulation. I'm pro-choice and I'm against late-term abortion. Like, they always like to deem you, you're either this or you're that. Like, sometimes I get in these... I'm an idiot. So sometimes I get in these political discussions on Twitter with like strangers. And as soon as I mention anything bad about Trump and like a Trump feed, I, I get called the snowflake, a libtard, a cuck. And they're like, oh, so you, you just want a Hillary or you want it this way? You're a liberal. I'm like, my timeline speaks for itself. I'm an equal opportunity hater. I hate all the politicians. I'll say when they do something good, but most of the time I disagree with 90% of the shit they're doing. And so either or, but there's ands to these things, people. We need to find the ands on these of how to come to solutions and get rid of the fucking money that's influencing either of these sides. It's easy to talk shit on the NRA and condemn them, but there was also a shooting in Texas a few months ago, and the guy that stopped the shooter was an NRA member. So it's not like it's all bad, and it's not like it's all good either, okay? Like, they were, I think they were saying Marco Rubio received $3 million from the NRA and how he's so deep in their pockets. But Marco Rubio's also raises, I think it's like in the network of like 40 to $50 million a year when he was campaigning. So the $3 million, it's pretty minuscule compared to the rest. But 
let's just take the money out of politics. We don't have that issue anyways, right? Because that's why things like weed haven't been legal yet because of all this bribing. And like you see it right now with the, the CPAC, if you guys have been watching these speeches, I mean, that's just a bribing convention. They have people up there giving speeches so then people will donate more money to their causes. So that's all it is. So I think we should get the money out of this and get rid of, like have real people sit down. I mean, I, I wish they would all just go to Rogan or Dave Rubin. Like, Dave Rubin would be great for this. Have Trump sit down and let's actually discuss this shit. But it's just, y- you see the people on the right. I mean, good Lord, Laura Ingram again. If you guys remember Laura Ingram, she'd gone off talking shit on LeBron James the other day. And then that totally blew up in her face. But here, let me go back to her Twitter account real quick. Because it's just, I don't know. I think it's fucking despicable what she says. I mean... But that's what these people do. None of these people are in the business of solving anything. I mean, is Sean Hannity in the business of solving anything? Is Rachel Maddow in the business of solving anything? No. They're just there to sell commercial time slots. And as soon as their ratings go down, they get kicked to the curb. So let me see if I can find what this bitch said. (laughs) Oh, here. This is from eight hours ago. She said, how, this is all in caps, how teens speak to and about adults. We should change the names of AR-15s to Marco Rubio because they are easy to buy. Stoneman, oh, damn it. I just fucked that up. That is not what it was. (laughs) There was another one I was trying to find, but still, it's like that. She's still going off about how people um, shouldn't speak to adults like that, and they're going after these kids, and you've seen it from the right where, I mean, they almost feel like they've been commandeered by some of this alt-right shit where they're calling false flags on this and everything. Or like, if you guys know who Dinesh D'Souza is, um, he had done some jail time and was, I believe, working for Clinton at the time. And he's been out and now he's on the right and everything. And he's on Fox News a bunch. But let me just, I'll have, if you're watching the video on this, I'll show the tweets, but I'll read I'll read the, the right ones this time. Uh, I mean, this guy's just a piece of shit. I was reading it to my folks yesterday um, and they, they were calling fake news. Like, are you sure this is from his Twitter account? I'm like, I took the screenshots myself. I absolutely know this is true. Um, where is this fuck? I mean, he's just an animal, but these people, this is what they, this is what they do. And they're not in the business of solving any of this horse shit. So give me one sec. Do you find it? Delete it? You little bitch. Okay. Maybe he deleted it, but, um, yeah, he was getting killed because there was pictures of the kids like crying and he's going, um, when your parents tell you, you have to get a summer job. Like that was his response to these kids bawling and crying just a few days after they've watched uh, kids get killed. So it's just fucking despicable. Can we just start using the word and, and can we start having some of these conversations off social media? I mean, how many times do you guys get in a fight with someone over text or not get in a fight, but I mean, read something the wrong way because there's no tone or there's no text. I mean, sure. I've been contrarian many times in my life and I like to rattle some cages, but I'm really trying to be cognizant of taking a step back and trying to find some solutions on these things or some common ground because it's just you you can't get through on social media. So at least I'm lucky that I have a platform like this uh, to be able to kind of delve into this shit a little bit more. But I mean, I'm just a fucking idiot that reads other people's thoughts and I have to make up my own. You know, I follow guys. I mean, like Ben Shapiro, who's 
I mean, most people call him right wing, but I think he's some. I think he's a pretty fair guy, and um, at least gives me the facts on things when I read them. So I, I like listening to that. But you just can't. When it comes to big shit like this, you can't rely on Fox and CNN. I mean, thank God all that shit's dying, and it's an old dinosaur. It's the it's the newspaper that's going away, and all these good conversations are happening on podcast and I think on YouTube so that's a good thing so if we can just get our parents to stop watching this shit maybe then we'll start using the word and more not ors not everything's black or white like I'm against intelligent design I think schools should teach evolution but if you want to teach your kid intelligent design at home go for it not saying the government should come and bust down your door if you want to believe it that's fine but I just don't want to taunt in schools, but we got to start using the and more. So I'm sorry to end it on a bad note like that. I do have something else planned for you guys real quick, um, but I wanted to fill you in on a couple things. So I can't announce anything quite yet, but I'm launching a new show called Just the Sip, and it's going to be a, a video podcast where I go to different breweries and dope bars, and it's going to be kind of like Hot Ones Challenge meets just a podcast. Where I'm going to sit down with the bartenders and bar owners. They're going to make their best cocktails. We're going to sip and drink, and I think it's going to be shot live and then I'm going to produce it and then post it on YouTube and Instagram so they'll be able to use it that well too. So I've already talked to a couple spots. Um, one's about 90% sure it's a go. So once I get the information on that, I'll let you know. But the show's called Just the Sip. So I'm pretty pumped to be doing that one. And then there's also, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm just biting off everybody else's shows, if you haven't realized. And I'm trying to just make it my own type of thing. <laughs> so not trying to quite steal. Like, it's not going to be a five-question show. It's not going to be like the exact Hot Ones Challenge. But it's just like, hey, we'll drink and we'll do a show together. And then the other thing I'm waiting to hear back from a spot here in Temecula is I'm going to be doing what I'm, it's going to be called a fight cast. Where on some of the bigger UFC events, I'm going to go to a bar and then do a live podcast while it's on. Rogan and them do what they call a fight companion where he has a couple buddies in and they just smoke pot drink and the fights on in the background you, you you have to have it on your tv like you can't see it on their screen or anything so i'm gonna go to a venue here in temecula and we're gonna do a live podcast while the fight's going on probably just for the main event um there's a couple ufc guys i know so i'm gonna see once i get the f- official green light i'm hoping to bring them on so you guys will be the first to know once that happens if you want to come out and support I'll, I'll probably get some shirts made up or hand out some free shit or buy some people drinks if they come out so those are two of the cool things i have coming up that's um just the sip and hopefully the prove me wrong podcast presents fight cast last week i showed you guys or i started a new segment called feel good news i'm not doing that this week um i had a couple stories it's not that i was lazy but i i think with everything that's going on in the world and i mean like with another shooting like we're just tired of it and i think people feel like there is no hope and there is no loss so without being a woo woo peddler i'm trying not to i'm gonna play you guys a little clip from my homeboy i call him my homeboy because i have him on a shirt that says neil degrasse tyson is my homeboy and it's one of those videos 
Um, I've told you that like when I lived in Florida and walked back and from to work, I'd put on all these different uh, speeches and talks and everything. And it's a thing called the most astounding fact. I can't remember what the interview's from, but it's just, it's less than two minutes, people. But it's one of those things that I fucking love. It kind of gives you what Carl Sagan calls the cosmic perspective and gives you a, a wider lens to view what's going on, where we came from, and what the future looks like. So thank you for checking out the podcast. It's the Prove Me Wrong podcast, episode 22, right? Um, please subscribe to YouTube, rate and review it in your Apple store. I appreciate the fuck out of you guys. Thanks for checking it out. Without further ado, the most astounding fact. The most astounding fact. The most astounding fact. Is the knowledge that the atoms that comprise life on Earth, the atoms that make up the human body, are traceable to the crucibles that cooked light elements into heavy elements in their core under extreme temperatures and pressures. These stars, the high mass ones among them, went unstable in their later years. They collapsed and then exploded, scattering their enriched guts across the galaxy. Guts made of carbon, nitrogen, oxygen and all the fundamental ingredients of life itself these ingredients become part of gas clouds that condense collapse form the next generation of solar systems stars with orbiting planets and those planets now have the ingredients for life itself so that when i look up at the night sky and i know that yes we are part of this universe we are in this universe but perhaps more important than both of those facts is that the universe is in us prove me wrong bitch